0: This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, an effort in Congress to raise hourly wages for workers in the federal wage grade system. One senator wants to know more about security issues with a popular teleconference app. And while keeping elected leaders safe, the Secret Service has also been helping track down COVID fraudsters. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. A Pennsylvania congressman and senator are trying again to raise salaries for hourly earners in the federal wage-grade system. Senator Bob Casey and Congressman Matt Cartwright are reintroducing legislation that would limit the number of wage areas within a certain locality pay region. Locality pay regions are based on metropolitan markets, but the regions for wage-grade employees are based on military installation placements from the 1950s. Members of Congress say their bill would bring more pay parity to general schedule employees and hourly wage earners who work in the same region. Senators Elizabeth Warren, Sherrod Brown, and Christopher Murphy are co-sponsors of the Senate bill. The White House gives agencies new marching orders to secure their data and networks. Federal News Network's Jason Miller brings us the details. Agencies have a series of new deadlines to shore up their networks and data, starting with creating a plan to move to a zero-trust architecture in the next 60 days and encrypting data at rest and data in transit in the next six months. President Joe Biden mandated dozens of new steps to address long-standing cybersecurity challenges in a new executive order he signed Wednesday. A senior administration official says the White House picked five specific things that they believe will make life significantly harder for a hacker to hack. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. Senator Ron Wyden remains concerned about security problems in the Zoom for Government platform, almost a year after his first request for information. The Oregon Democrat wrote a second letter to the General Services Administration asking for more details about the certification the FedRAMP program authorized for Zoom in April 2019 for government-wide use. Wyden first asked for the documents in June 2020, and GSA denied his request. A slew of cybersecurity bills passes the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee. The Cyber Response and Recovery Act would stand up a fund for the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. The fund would help organizations in and out of government recover from major cyber attacks. The Federal Rotational Cyber Workforce Program Act would give federal employees an opportunity to lend their cyber expertise to other agencies, and the Civilian Cybersecurity Reserve Act would stand up a program that would make former feds and armed services personnel available to assist as needed in agency cybersecurity protection. A National Secure Data Service would give researchers greater access to federal data, but would otherwise keep that data private. That's what Congressman Don Byer is proposing with his National Secure Data Service Act. The bill requires the National Science Foundation to launch the service. The Commission on Evidence Based Policymaking first proposed standing up this organization in 2017. Many of its other recommendations Congress included in the Foundations for Evidence Based Policymaking Act that became law in 2019. The Secret Service is wielding its investigative power to take on COVID related financial fraud. The agency has played a critical role in helping the Small Business Administration and the Departments of Justice and Labor recover $2 billion in fraudulently obtained relief funds. The service says it's opened over 1,400 investigations and seized at least $640 million. The agency's Global Investigative Operations Center continues to work with the nationwide network of cyber fraud task forces and private sector organizations against bad actors defrauding taxpayer-funded relief. A new audit shows the Defense Department is still struggling with improper payments. The department's latest financial reports estimate only a little more than 1% of its payments were higher or lower than they should have been in 2020. But the DoD Inspector General says it's hard to know whether those figures are accurate. Out of the 11 areas DoD uses to estimate improper payments, the IG says seven are using unreliable data. The Army reaches a major milestone related to COVID-19. Federal News Network Scott Massioni explains. The Army's now administered 1 million coronavirus vaccines at military medical treatment facilities. The service has been providing shots around the world to service members, military family members, civilians, and contractors at 80 different locations. To date, nearly 360,000 soldiers have received their first vaccine and about 280,000 are fully vaccinated. The military as a whole is still battling misinformation and skepticism about vaccines. The Defense Department estimates that about a third of service members are declining or waiting to get the shot. Scott Massioni, Federal News Network. The Air Force is getting back to normal when it comes to physical fitness this summer. Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force Joanne Bass says the service will not delay the start of regular fitness tests on July 1st. The Air Force previously pushed back fitness testing numerous times due to COVID-19. The Air Force previously pushed back fitness testing numerous times due to COVID-19. The Air Force relied on airmen to remain physically fit during the pandemic and encouraged them to stay ready for possible deployments. The Veterans Benefits Administration says the disability claims backlog may get worse before it gets better. More on that from Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. VA has almost 192,000 disability claims in the backlog today. The number will grow over the summer, but VA says it has plans to bring the backlog down to pre-pandemic levels by 2022. John Tester is the chairman of the Senate VA Committee. I am concerned, however, that next year isn't soon enough for disabled veterans weathering the storm of this pandemic. I'm also concerned that as VBA concentrates on speed, it risks sacrificing quality. Nicola Grisco, Federal News Network. The Agriculture Department is still trying to quickly hire and fill positions left open by the Kansas City relocation of two of its major research bureaus. The relocation cut the workforces at the Economic Research Bureau and National Institute of Food and Agriculture by 40 to 60 percent. USDA says it's filled 179 positions at NIFA and 96 at ERS since October 2019. The department plans to hire 50 people each at ERS and NEFA by the end of this fiscal year. Both agencies have roughly 100 positions open today. USDA says it plans to hire from all across the country to fill these vacancies. The Postal Service is filling out its leadership ranks. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has those details. USPS names Chief Human Capital Officer Doug Tolino to serve as Deputy Postmaster General, a position left vacant for a full year. Tolino will still hold on to his old HR job and responsibilities while serving under Postmaster General Louis DeJoy. The Senate also confirms a new member to serve on the USPS Board of Governors. Former Deputy Postmaster General Ron Stroman will serve on the board until December 2028. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. And the paperless age may come one day, but in the meantime, agencies still have to put ink on paper. Now the Government Publishing Office renews a contract to help agencies get that done. Here's Federal News Network's Tom Temen. The recompete of GPO's Express program goes to the long-standing incumbent, FedEx. The company operates a national chain of some 2,000 walk-in or mail-in printing and binding centers that can produce documents in a variety of physical formats, from bound books to signage. GPO cites the Defense, Homeland Security, Interior, and Transportation departments among the users of GPO Express.